Hello, so I'm here at the moment on the seafront on a sunny day with uh, Ollie and Ollie, how are you doing, mate? You alright? I'm good, man. I'm good. Knackered, but good. What have, what have you done today? Come on, tell everyone what we've done. Oh, so what have we done? We've done four minutes at just over six minute mile pace, and we've done six sets of that. Yeah. And it's painful. It hurts. It's hot. It is warm indeed. It's In warm fact, today. a shirt came off today. A certain someone's shirt came off today, which was good. But so listen, we've been training together a little while over lockdown and stuff like that. So obviously, doing the, the run with one other person thing. Yeah. How's the training been going? Yeah, trains are going really well. It's it's fun. It's nice having someone to run with in lockdown, definitely. Uh, it slowly, does help. It's, it's, the training's, I want to say, slowly getting easier, slowly getting harder. Yeah. Get, getting used to it, I yeah. think, would be better. But And you've got some races coming up as well this year? Yeah, I've got what? the Romsey 5 mile um, in June, Okay. the beer race, and then hopefully Great South Run. And does the beer come during the race or after the race? A couple of the night before, a couple, couple after. A couple after, okay, good. Yeah. Excellent. Listen, I wish you all the best and thanks for all the training over the, over the last yeah, few no, weeks. It's been great. And, thanks uh, for the company. It's been good fun. Take care. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Portsmouth Running Podcast. This is episode 37. Uh, and if you're a first-time listener to the show, an extra special welcome to you too. The Portsmouth Running Podcast has been created to capture and share the stories of runners in and around the Portsmouth area uh, and what a rich running community we have. We've um, kind of seen over the last 36 episodes, uh, the area is just full of amazing runners, amazing people, amazing local businesses doing doing incredible things in the running community. So this is the place where we get to hear those stories and, and share them with you all. Now, unfortunately, today, Dave Harvey cannot join me on the show. He's um, got prior commitments. Uh, he does send his apologies and promises that he'll be back with uh, a full running update on the next show. So you're stuck with me for this intro. Um, but the good news is we're going to keep it really quick uh, and get straight into today's uh, two interviews. And the first of those is with our special guest, Amy Kello who joins us on the show to tell us all about Pilates and particularly her studio, which some of you will have heard of and seen in Palmerston Road called Everybody Pilates. Um, had a fascinating chat with Amy uh, about Pilates itself and I guess the general topic around body maintenance, especially for, for us runners who always feel so very broken. And my featured guest for this episode is runner Jack Oates. Uh, Jack's a runner who has raced many times in and around the Portsmouth area, uh, having uh, won the Meon Valley Marathon, uh, placed second to John Alban at the Portsmouth Coastal Marathon. Uh, Jack's been running probably only for a, for a few years now, but has really burst onto the running scene, particularly the trail running scene, where he won the UK Middle Distance Trail Running Championships. So it's fascinating to hear Jack and his story and how he got running. I hope you enjoy it all, and as I said and promised earlier, we'll keep this intro really sweet and short today, um, but promise that Dave and I will have a, a full update and a bit of running chit-chat when he's back. So, all the best, I hope your running's been going well and you've been enjoying all the wind along South Sea Seafront, which we're hoping uh, kind of clears up this week. Um, and as always everyone, wish you happy miles, take care. I am pleased to welcome onto this week's show uh, co-founder of Everybody Pilates, Amy Kello. Uh, Amy teaches Pilates here in Portsmouth, um, out of her studio in Palmerston Road, Southsea. Um, welcome to the show, Amy. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you today? I'm actually, I'm actually really good. I'm really, really good. We, um, 
I went out earlier for a run and um, obviously had that that huge horrendous wind in the face one way, but um, going back the other way back home was um, was quite was quite pleasant. Have you been outside yet? Yes, did the uh, nursery run this morning, so um, ah. trying to trying to <laughs> drag kids along the road in the wind <laughs> yeah i know it's oh that must be that must be terrible with uh yeah pushing them in buggies and trying to trying to tag them along with you and stuff like that because it's really windy today i mean the weather's changed completely and i believe it's going to be like this for a, for a few days oh is it really yeah i didn't know that until about next tuesday i think it's going to ease off a little bit but yeah until next tuesday i know um certainly from myself my, my own point of view the running is going to be a bit difficult on the seafront so <laughs> yeah so um, that's why uh, you like it though isn't it that seafront wind oh well absolutely i think living in portsmouth you, you kind of definitely get to uh get to love it and, and hate it as well sometimes but you, you definitely get used to it for sure <laughs> you just have to kind of plan your sessions a little bit kind of smarter as to which way you're going to hit the wind and etc so um, yeah, but um, I think the last kind of week we've enjoyed some quite nice weather with the sunshine coming out. So it's it's been quite nice. Um, yeah. so, so how are you keeping in twenty twenty one? How's how's kind of this year as opposed to last year been been going for you? Are you all are you all good? Well, I think we're still we're it's the anticipation this year, isn't it? Um, I think last year it was kind of carrying on and going with the flow and seeing what was going to happen and this mm. year we've got that whole anticipation of uh, dates and things are going to happen getting your plans ready for events or opening and, or anything like that it's um it's yeah. just the anticipation and, and the and the wait to see whether it's all going to actually fall into place yeah it's like that very very kind of last stage in in a race or maybe the maybe the last kind of few minutes at the end of a, a pilates class or something so it's just that kind of like yeah we're almost there now almost there so yeah. um, just out of interest at the moment plan wise when when does your studio get to reopen so the um dates that we've been given uh the 12th of april for gyms to be open um, but the, so the studio will be open, but it will be in a slightly different format. Um, we're not allowed to run exercise classes until at least the 17th of May. Okay. So we'll be focusing in that first month on running one-to-one sessions and getting, I guess, getting people back into the habit of doing Pilates, making sure they're coming in and doing it properly. Yep. Focusing on their technique in that first month to make sure that when we get back to the classes they're they're as strong as they can be okay yeah i mean it's it's been a long time hasn't it i mean how how's the pan, pandemic kind of affected you the business and of course obviously your your clients and their well-being and stuff you must have had a lot of people writing to you you know kind of really wanting to get back to it all and, and get back into those that, that, those good long-term habits like you say yeah i think it's been um I think everyone's had their highs and lows throughout the pandemic. Um, we've has certainly had clients who have wanted to get straight back into the studio as soon as we've opened. Mm. But we've also had clients that have been quite cautious and want to see um, the vaccination programs rolled out and making sure that, you know, everybody feels safe before coming back into the studio. Yeah. Um, we, are, we ourselves have kind of focused really on making sure we've got a safe environment for everybody to come back. Yeah, We were always very um, focused on cleanliness and um, client, customer um, safety and, and all of those sorts of things in the studio. It's just part of what we've always done. Yeah. So that kind of COVID secure environment for people to come into has always been there. That wasn't quite, mm. that wasn't a shock for us to have to implement all these new different um, mm-hmm. rules. 
Um, but I think it's just, you know, we have to be cautious that people um, are very aware of their space now. Yeah, for um, sure. So if there's people coming in and out of the studio, you know, you do you do notice that that people are cautious about being around lots of people and they want to know that they're they just want to know they're going to be safe don't they yeah absolutely it's, i guess it's a lot of pressure for someone like yourself who has to run run a, a business like that so yeah a lot to think about but i can definitely vouch for the fact that you were saying earlier about kind of the cleanliness and stuff because i've been into your studio before and, and i can kind of definitely kind of get that feel that it was it was very much the cleanliness side of it was just yeah a real thing because it always feels very open and spacious and clean and fresh so in there which yeah, is yeah and it's, really it would nice. be it's kind of drilled into us as mm. pilates instructors that you finish your workout you wipe down your equipment you tidy up and you kind of put everything in place ready for the next person that's going to be coming in yeah. um, and that's part of i guess that's been trained into me since my very first pilates training yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of the thing that we instill in our studios for sure I, th I think maybe it might be a good idea now um you know speaking about your pilates training and stuff maybe for you to introduce yourself and and kind of you know tell us tell us maybe your name again what, what you do and perhaps a bit about your how you've kind of first got into pilates yourself yeah sure so my name's amy um, i'm co-founder of everybody pilates and we've had um, a studio in South Sea since 2009. And, and I was teaching since 2005 in South Sea. Okay. I first got into Pilates because um, I had back pain. Um, I'd always been very, very active. So I'd been in the hockey teams, the lacrosse teams at school and at university. But since my teenage years, I always had backache and I thought it was the normal, the normal thing in the mornings that you'd wake up, you'd have backache, you'd kind of get up and move around for the day and it would ease off. And then, and then, um, you know, the next day it would kind of be the same sort of yeah. thing. Um, I used to go to the gym a lot and I started taking a Pilates class a couple of times a week. And then I suddenly realized that the back pain wasn't as frequent Okay. And I, it suddenly dawned on me that it wasn't the fact that the back pain was normal. It was the fact that I was so used to not using my core to do any of my physical activity. And I was so used to just using my global muscles. And it was the core strengthening that was getting rid of the back pain. Okay. So I kind of became fascinated with um why is this happening? How can I improve this? And I kind of been on this huge journey in my Pilates training. So I started off doing a very, very simple mat qualification. And then I started to practice on the Pilates equipment, which um, you've been into the studio. So you've seen some of the equipment, which okay. is a spring based um, equipment. So we use spring resistance um, on pieces of equipment called reformers and chairs and towers which all sound quite medieval and torturous which they can be at you know, times I was, Amy, I was literally just thinking that because when i first saw the equipment it, it's a it's immediate it, they just look very similar to those kind of like old school medieval torture um, uh, yes. kind of devices and things but obviously they're not but <laughs> but they're very different well, to anything else that you see yeah and and it's really it really fascinates me because it's kind of like uh, physics in action you've got these springs and pulleys and you've got these angles of the body working against them. Mm -hmm. And it's how you use all this resistance to target the core muscles. So it's really, really easy to 
make a exercise just about a leg muscle and it's really easy to make an exercise just about an arm muscle but how do you change the resistance and the angle of the load into the body to load the the core muscles and make it strengthen from the center out okay. so that's that's why i love pilates it's kind of this fascination between um how you get somebody to feel that in their core rather than feeling it in their in their back or their arms or their legs mm. okay so we are really trying to isolate those muscles rather than like you said earlier i think you use the term global muscles so the, i guess the general ones that people use all the time yeah um Amy, I found it really interesting how closely linked you were to the very source of Pilates. Um, yeah. I read that you were you were taught by by your teacher, Jay Grimes, and it was Jay Grimes who was one of the original students of Joseph Pilates. Um, yes, that's correct. Well, I, I got that so, right. That's good. <laughs> you did. Well done. <laughs> I was waiting to see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just just how much where, I knew. Where you were going. <laughs> Yeah, so so you're kind of like I guess a what they'd say a second generation, which is really closely linked to the original start and, and source of Pilates. So it, um, yeah, how, how did that all really, work? Yeah, it's really important to me to kind of feel that I know where this work has come from and yeah. that I'm teaching it as as authentically as I can, um, even if it's my version of the authentic version, as it were. Um, so. Jay is based in Los Angeles, but he travels the world, um, or he used to travel the world, pre presenting workshops and teaching teachers, etc. Um, and gosh, it must be about eight or nine years ago now. I first met Jay in London, and he was teaching at a workshop, and I was at my level in my training where I was observing him, and I was like, oh, I don't don't think there's anything special going on here what's you know he's not giving me anything special to look at or or okay. to get any feedback from um and I kind of went into a different room and did a workshop with someone else okay. <laughs> and I remember this because there's like oh why did I do that that's not very good <laughs> this, this amazing yeah. person in front of me and I chose to go to a different workshop <laughs> and a few months later um, I saw this ad add-on um, a, a Pilates forum saying that he was starting up this program for already qualified teachers and he'd be working with you for a year or potentially two years if you got invited onto the next stage of the program mm -hmm. um and I just kind of thought well I've got to go and do it so I don't know why I just thought right this is what I've got to do so I applied and got accepted for the first stage so it was um four visits over the space to LA over the space of a year Okay. Um, to train with him it was um, 12 other people initially okay. and, and it was this really intensive um, really intensive course but the beauty of of working with Jay was that he really focused on making you use your intuition to discover more about Pilates so he wasn't there to say I'm going to teach you this exercise or I'm going to teach you how to do this he kind of let you discover all of the fantastic elements of Pilates yourself and just kind of guided you through the right path. Okay, that's interesting, yeah. Yeah, and 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 he also then, and then I remember um, having like my interview with him at the end of the program about going on to the next stage of the program. And at that point, I don't think he was gonna take me on to the next stage of the program. And until I sort of 
he asked me what I was the single most important thing I'd learned in that year. And I was like, wow, <laughs> just one thing. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, the, the, the importance of feeling what the person in front of you is feeling in their body, translating it to how it feels in your body mm-hmm. and then finding the corrections, figuring out where they should be working and then giving it back to them. Okay. And at that point, and at that point, Jay was like, yeah, great. I'll see you next year. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. I said the right thing. <laughs> wow. Did, 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 he, did he only tell you that afterwards that he wasn't going to take you on? No, I just had a gut instinct. I just oh, okay. sort okay. of, yeah, I just had a gut instinct that I didn't think um, I was going to carry on to the next stage of the program. But okay. the next stage was even um, even better because there was only six of us that worked with him for another year and a half. And it was um, it was fantastic working so closely with him, and um, and with these other five people, it was a real pivotal change in the way that I taught as a teacher, and yep. I think that's what I now teach um, to my customers and my clients, but also teach to the people that I train that want to be teachers as well. Okay, brilliant. Wow, that's excellent. I, I just love that you've got that kind of close link that you you kind of know what you're teaching and and where it's come from and stuff. And it's not been, you know, like you say, you've got you put your own touch on it and your own spin on it. But it sounds like that's very much what you were taught is to kind of you know interpret it in your own way and just have those kind of core core principles with you all the time. So yeah, it sounds, sounds yeah, really, absolutely. Sounds really that's fantastic. Now your your studio here in South Sea, Amy, is is mixed in amongst um kind of. The shops in Palmerston Road there and, and you know for a long time I didn't actually realize that it was a Pilates studio until I obviously went in for the first time um, I know we need to shout out about it more don't we, we need to <laughs> get outside and do some classes <laughs> well once well funny funny enough I, I I think I did a taste of class with you outside in the precinct one one summer you did. Yes, you did. Yes. and I remember realizing just how incredibly weak my core was because it was a, oh. a really hard class <laughs> But it was it, it was great, and obviously for for a number of reasons, you know, I I haven't I haven't taken it up, and but it is something that, you know, I get to talk about, you know, with with runners and friends of mine like Jason, and you know, it, it's just something that I really do believe would would help me a lot because, I guess, like lots of runners out there, I myself know what it feels like to have you know feel feel broken all the time, really, and I think your story that you said earlier, which is why you originally got into it, having those back pains, um. Is something that you know I can relate to completely because it's just you, you. It becomes the norm, you know. You you get yeah. up in pain, you sleep in pain, you 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 kind of wake up in the morning, you you're, you're creaking around the house, and eventually you kind of warm up and you, the body gets moving, and then it kind of becomes normal. But actually, you forget what normal should be. I think so. Absolutely, and I think accepting pain as the normal comes more easily than dealing with it. Correct. Yeah. And trying to and trying to you know realize that it is just maybe a muscle tightness or an imbalance that is affecting this Mm. and it can be resolved um but just getting used to it is is much more normal i guess for the brain to do than to try and figure it out yeah i think so i think also with all the distractions around these days with technology and the fast kind of paced movement of life and and noise and everything around you you i think we're kind of people just become more used to accepting the fact that you're going to be in pain all the time. And, and yeah, it, sh- it really shouldn't be the way. So on, on that point, maybe you could give us, and I know we've discussed Pilates quite, quite a lot already, but maybe you can give us a rundown of, of, of what Pilates actually is. Cause a lot of people out there won't actually know 
what it is and they, they sometimes get confused between pilates and yoga and, and and you know i've even heard people talk about you know tai chi is it all the same is it all kind of related and so maybe you could take us through its its core kind of principles and, and how those relate to us physically especially as runners yeah sure and so pilates is all about body conditioning from the center out so using your core to um to perform all of your movements and movement patterns in your body as efficiently as you can uh, we target the core muscles um, through different exercises on different pieces of equipment and on the mat um, and we use it to strengthen and balance out the body so that it works more um, uniformly okay That's what great. pilates does is it works your mind body connection and I don't say that in kind of a spiritual way it's more of brain training okay. so you're using your brain to find your muscle connection so you're firing up those those muscles and trying to use your brain to find those connections in order to balance out the body and particularly when you do you know a sport like running you are generally it's very very unusual that at some point you don't get an injury through um, repetitiveness or overuse um, you know any, anything like that and it's understanding how pilates can help you prevent those things and overcome them which is really important the way the simplest way that i can put it is when you're running and the force of um, the running goes through your hips and your knees and your feet and then through your spine as well to a certain extent, that kind of impact. Yeah. We try in Pilates to pull that load away from those joints and hold it up in the stomach muscles and in the, in the core. So it kind of pulls the weight of everything up into your center so that it impacts those joints less. Okay. Yeah, I understand and that. When, yeah and when we when we work when we work evenly then we're going to have less force going through one side of the body than the other and and i think you know most people will have kind of hip flexor issues hip issues and knee issues um are some of the common things that i see when runners come into the studio yeah and generally it's because you know you've got one side of the back and the abdominals that are stronger than the other so when you're running that impact is going through the one side of the body more and you know I've I've done a little bit of running and I was always very aware that one foot sounded louder on the floor when I was running than the other so the impact was definitely going through my right leg more than my left leg yeah so you can kind of begin to figure out what's going on in the body just by listening to the impact of the body um yeah makes sense trying to you know and if, if you've always got the injuries on one side of your body if it's always the right side then you know probably you're loading that side a little bit too much and we need to do work to load the other side of the body and strengthen the opposite side of the body yeah okay interesting and what we mentioned earlier with um uh, feeling stiff all the time and stuff like that i did actually doing research for the show um I, I read a quote from from joseph pilates which which said and it probably relates to it to a lot of this um and you you may know this quote if your spine is stiff at 30 you're old if your spine is flexible at 60 you're young which i quite like <laughs> yeah it's a great quote isn't it it's yeah, it a great is really one good. and i think 
And I think, especially if you look at what even the general public have been having to do over the last year is we're all having to sit a lot more at home. Oh, yes. Perhaps yeah. not in the best kind of, you know, chairs for our desks and, and everything like that. And I think people have got stiffer in their backs. Mm. Um, and again, we hold ourselves slightly different. And if we can just use our muscles more efficiently from the center out, it becomes easier for that spine to become more relaxed. And I love, I love teaching spine extension because most people will hold those muscles really tight around the spine, especially in their, in their um, upper backs. And they think they're really, really stiff and tight in their upper backs, but actually what they just need to do is relax the muscles and let the spine move a little bit. And that flexibility starts to come. Yeah. I do not actually, when you said that just now, I just literally straightened myself up because I do sit a lot at home. So it was literally just a quick reminder to do that. Don't, I'm hunched over, like talking to you at the moment. I'm like, oh, this is not the, this is not the position a Pilates instructor should be sat in. Oh, come on, Amy, you know better than that. Come on. <laughs> I know, even like even me, I should be telling myself off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Amy, Amy, if any runner in Portsmouth, um, if, if if Pilates was something that they've wanted to look into or or maybe even try, how could they um go about that with your studio? Um, especially obviously now that it, you've got a date for for reopening, because often it's um that kind of like unknown first step with you know to get people going they're yeah. not too sure where to go are they allowed to come in who can they talk to so how would it work for a runner out there who's interested okay so first of all we launched um our video service last year so we've got everybody pilates.tv which is an on-demand service wow. um we've got a few free videos on there so there's a i've, I've just started to do a back in shape series um which we're on week six now with me, with me doing the exercises. But there's a 20 minute video, a 30 minute video and a couple of 10 minute videos on there, I think, which are free to view. Okay. So if you want to understand kind of who we are, that's a really good place to look because you'll, you'll see what we do in the mat classes and get an understanding of who we are. And I think that's always nice to be able to see to see a video before coming into the studio so that you recognize the teachers um, before coming in okay so have a look at have a look at that and then if you're now I know runners uh, some of you are really committed to coming to a Pilates class but others (laughs) are running so much that you haven't got time to fit it in so I would say (laughs) if you're one of those runners that is not sure that you can actually get into the studio and commit to a weekly session I would say book a one-to-one session with us let us figure out what's going on in your body and where we can help target um, to strengthen and to help your running and then maybe use the videos as a way of doing a 10-minute workout um, every other day to to help build that strength up okay if you're committed to coming into the studio and we can find a class for you then we can you you can either come to mat classes um, which uses your own body resistance or as we mentioned earlier we've got equipment classes um, that use spring resistance so in the equipment classes we only do um, at the moment, three people in, a, in an equipment class. Um, so it's a nice and small kind of focused session for people. But those won't be starting until May 17th. Okay, so a bit longer. Yeah. Okay. 
but we've got options for people so if you if, if you're nervous about coming in a private session is is a great way to to come in and say look I've got all these injuries figure it out with me and see what we can come up with um if it, if you are generally just want to come in and, and work on your call then we can find a class for you okay brilliant and obviously I, most people will know this but just in case you don't need to be at any kind of particular fitness level to start there's no prerequisites no equipment or anything like that just just you know. no absolutely not we've got everything at the studio for you from the mats to the equipment uh, we level our classes so we have beginner classes intermediate classes and advanced classes um, so you'll never be kind of thrown in with an advanced client when you when you're just trying to learn the basics still yeah um however if we feel that you've got a good understanding of how to work your core already we might say do you know what let's put you into an intermediate session we think you're going to get more out of it and keep you interested and working harder by putting you into an intermediate session okay we just we we take take a look at you and figure out what level you are you know by looking at you when we first see you brilliant that's excellent that's great i think that gives everyone like a, a lot of like really useful information about you know if they are interested how to get starting especially with the everybody pilates or tv i think that's great that you've kind of used that technology to to get your classes still i guess more people yeah i think them. and i think it's nice isn't it to be able to see somebody's face before you come in and feel like you're not going to be walking in and chatting with a complete stranger yeah no, that's that's fantastic it's definitely useful for for a lot of people um amy if people are listening um and are interested in finding out any more via the internet and the website and stuff um have you got a website and, and an address you can give with that as well yep so it's everybodypilates.co.uk mm -hmm. so you can have a look on that one for about all about our studio information okay. and you can you, there's also a link to booking online there as well so we've got a studio in south sea and we've also got a studio in locks heath um okay. so we've got teachers based in based in both locations and you can just click through and find the studio on the website that you can go to and, and have a look at our timetables brilliant cool and you've obviously got facebook pages and are you on social media as well on instagram or twitter or anything like that yeah yeah uh social media so uh, on instagram sorry we've got at everybody pilates and facebook everybody pilates south sea fantastic so if you're listening and want to find out any more visit those sites check out the everybodypilates.tv um, or get in touch with with amy with yourself and um yeah hopefully um once you're all open people can uh, can start making use of that because i definitely hear such good things from from runners who who do like you say do start the pilates and keep it up and i know we've mentioned jason quite a few times he's been a previous guest on the show jason skiro um he's a big advocate of it and and you know i think he's also kind of done a few specialized kind of little routines and stuff particularly for runners himself so um he definitely believes in it and, and i know that he benefits a lot from the pilates so amy thank you so much for your time today very much appreciated um if you're listening like i say head over to the website take a look and amy i wish you all the best with 2021 and hopefully fingers crossed everything stays open um and all, all the best thank you take care great to talk to you Hello, Jack, and welcome to the Portsmouth Running Podcast episode. I think I've lost count now, but uh, <laughs> welcome to the show, man. How how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm I'm actually actually pretty good. Yeah, I know it's it's a little bit um, of a later recording tonight because I've had a I had actually had a call with um, the the Coros team 
before this. So um, so we've been talking kind of all things running and uh, running watch related and stuff. But yeah, and I'm really pleased that you could join me. And again, apologies for it being so late. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, I'm super happy to have you on the podcast, man, because um, your running running journey, as I was saying to you a little bit early on, is um, kind of like you're relatively early into your running because you haven't been running for that many years. Um, but so far, you've achieved like like so many fantastic results and stuff. And I'm really keen to kind of find out how it all started for you and, and maybe talk about some of those races as well. But um, listen, how's your week been? Um, what kind of running and, and training have you been doing since uh, since the start of the week? Uh, well, unfortunately, I think I've just done a bit of I've, I think I've injured my sort of I'm not sure which is my perineal tendon because I'm planning oh, no. on doing the South Downs Way 50 was my kind of like target race for the start of the year. Oh my goodness. Um, okay. But that's pretty painful at the moment. So I'm just hoping I'm just going to do some cycling and stuff this week and hopefully it will ease back off because it had been, go- I've been building up to, I've been doing like last week, I did about 90 miles and it was going all right. And then it's been going quite well. And then I think I've probably, I've tweaked something in my foot. <laughs> oh no. that's not- so, so it's on the foot, sorry, you said. Yeah, it's sort oh. of like sad. It can't. It feels like you're bruised all the time. Yeah, that's interesting. You're doing the race because I was um, signed up for it, but then obviously, like yourself, we received the email saying they had to move it out by a week. So I guess you've got a, a week more to to recover. Hopefully, that's the only benefit. But obviously, it's like I'm. I'm just hoping to. But well, I might have to just use it more as an experience thing because I've got this year. I've got a few sort of fifty milers lined up as my. Um, things so i've got i've got this i might be doing the north downs way i'm not certain i'm going to go ahead with that i've got okay. the lakeland 50. that's my other wow okay one this year because i've been desperate to do that so race, i was hoping to, yeah so i was hoping to use this as like a i was hoping to use it as a build it's not the same but just to get a bit more ultra experience because i've done a 50 in a long time actually i've done i've done a 50 altogether i've done close to a 50 but not quite that's right. Yeah, you, of course, yeah, you've done a forty-four um, mile ultra. I think is, the, is your biggest one, which we'll, we'll obviously chat about. But wow, man, I, I wish you luck with that. It's, it's actually going to be really exciting to watch because I think as we kind of move um, forward in this, um, you know, through your story and stuff, I think you, people are kind of going to get quite excited about that because you've obviously done some amazing running and you've had some really good results and loads of course records dropping all over the place and um yeah so it's going to be exciting to kind of watch you watch you through it i've unfortunately had to drop out because we're away the weekend after so we're away on the on the new race date but um i think i'm going to go and run um not the course itself but run close to 50 on the south downs way because it's a training run for myself for the thames path 100 um in may so (laughs) is that your first 100 or not no, no, it's not. It'll be, I think it'll be now uh, uh, May 4th or 5th, 100, I think. Um, but, one, but one of those hundreds were, was one of the canal races, which, are, which was meant to be 145 miles, but I only did 100 of it. So technically, it's probably my third. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the Thames Path holds, um, it's, it's basically going back to face some demons because I, I dropped out of the race in 2019. Um, I kind of froze myself out of the race. It was a really cold day um, and it got really cold overnight and I just didn't have the right equipment with me. Um, so yeah, so I'm going back to basically close the chapter on, on the Thames Path 100, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, long way to go. <laughs> it is, it is. I'm, I'm sure eventually you're going you're gonna to get there yourself and I, I'm going to ask that question uh, towards the end of the, of, of the, of the race, like you know, kind of what distances you want to do and stuff. But maybe it would be a good idea for yourself to give a quick introduction to who you are, where you're from, perhaps maybe tell people 
what you do for a living and um, what kind of distances and running you do and and of course anything else you want to tell us about yourself as well jack so so over to you well yeah um, well i'm just i've only just turned 25 last week um yeah well pretty much i don't know i started i've always wanted to do I've, I've always wanted to run like a, I always wanted to run a marathon from as long as I can remember. And my dad's always said to me, oh, the one thing I'm going to get to do is run a marathon. And I thought, well, I got to about 19. I thought, yeah, I might as well give it a go. I thought I'll, I'll get out early. I don't want to be sitting there saying that. Yeah, and yeah. pretty much from there on, I've pretty much, I've, I don't know, I've gone into like the more, I like quite like the trail running a lot more. Mm-hmm. the ultra running i like to i don't know it's, it's the pushing your limits type thing i think that's what i quite like to see what everybody's sort of capable of yeah. how far you can go like i definitely will one day i have said it i will attempt i'm, I'm gonna have a go at 100 that's it's it's like bucket list goal stuff but not yet yeah as i get more I'm, I'm yeah when i get more experienced and more a bit more i don't know that's that's a whole different it's not necessarily on speed that's just strategy a lot more like fueling yeah, it's very I'd very rate. wise yeah yeah for sure no it's definitely uh, definitely definitely a mature way of thinking to to do it that way and just kind of build up slowly rather than dive into it but yeah i mean look you're, you're running your results speak for themselves you're, you're definitely a very talented runner and um what out of interest what do you do for a living and, and stuff jack uh, i work at b&q at the moment actually of all things okay. but i was um last year before obviously we had covid i was trying to I wanted to branch out and I wanted to kind of do, I'd like to do, um, I'd like to go into some sort of like other like sports therapy, sports massage thing. I was going to do a couple of courses and then do, I'd like to learn how to a bit more. I'd like to do sort of my own personal like run coaching type stuff like that is what I'd okay. like to do long term. Um, so that's, that's hopefully my plan this year when things sort of reopen up is to sort of go into a bit more that in depth. Brilliant. Does, Obviously, does the, I'll, I'll learn a lot myself on that so that would be probably a good thing for me so yeah for sure absolutely um does does the does the job at bnq there and the running ever have any crossover do do bnq have any kind of like you know lunchtime runs or have you ever got anybody out there uh on the, on the team there jogging with you at lunch times or anything uh nobody really does that i'm i'm the only sort of nutcase at my work so <laughs> there's not really anyone else left there was we used to have um a woman probably a couple of years ago and she used to do a few ultra marathons but she's moved unfortunately so i haven't really got anybody who's sort of mad enough ah oh, okay so uh, well maybe something to do in the future as well if you if you stay on there just for a little bit longer maybe uh get one of the one of the members of team out running with you and uh, and into the running or so because uh it's interesting just some some people's jobs just have that kind of like work crossover with with the running and sometimes there are there are teams out there running at work so i had to ask the question but um are you the yeah, only you have yours don't you yeah we yeah, do yeah, yeah. i it's kind of weird with with us we set up this this kind of um you know we have some some software tools that we use to kind of collaborate with everyone in different teams and in, in where i work because it's quite a, quite a big building lots of people and we set up this running group there and it's it's got really popular we have like about a hundred people running cool. um we, we run each day every week over our lunchtime and obviously that varies when we can fit it in but normally there's a group going out and it's all structured training it's all tuesday sessions thursday sessions so it's kind of like a little club really so yeah it's interesting how, how it kind of all works out i think that's really good yeah, no, it's lovely. It is, it is really fantastic, and it, it kind of, you know, it's, it's not work, work, but it's, um, I think the, uh, the bosses and executives and stuff, um, all like it because you know it's really, it's, it's good press. It's, it's nice that people are out doing that rather than kind of sitting at their desks at lunchtime. So it's kind of like a, a healthy lifestyle kind of thing. So yeah, it's been, been quite popular. And I hear more of companies around, you know, the UK kind of doing that now and kind of recognizing that that people need that space and 
doing mindfulness sessions and talks and stuff, which is fantastic. So yeah, it's, it seems like things that, that way are going going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, Jack, I've got to ask, are you the only runner in your family or, or are there others? No, my dad is. is the, uh, my dad always used to do, um, we did the Great South, I remember he's done the Great South Run. I think he did the Gosport Half Marathon. Okay. Um, but he's always, he's, he used to be in the Navy. So he was, he's always done running and stuff, a bit of cycling as well, just to keep fit type thing. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, but he'd never done anything above a half until I convinced him after I did a couple that we should do a marathon. Uh-huh. And he's always told me he was going to do one. So we did the uh, new forest. That was his first one. Oh, that's fantastic. I was actually going to, I was going to ask you about that, but I think that there may be some other runners in your family because you have some dogs as well, don't you? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen the photos of you, the dog. So there's, so, so they, they, they do a little bit of running as well, do they? Oh yeah. They get, they get their fair share. But... <laughs> <laughs> Do they slow you down or uh, or speed you up? <laughs> it depends on what they're chasing. That's okay. how I describe that. <laughs> um, but no, they. It depends on what you do. Like, like they they're quite happy. They're good as well. I normally go easier with them because I don't want to tire them out too much. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll they can have their walk and do their own thing as well instead of being bored. <laughs> yeah, no, that works nicely. Um, now listen, I, it's I'm I'm very very used to this, but guests that I have on the show. Uh, never really kind of give themselves the, the the deserved credit when it comes to kind of talking about their own running because it's it's quite a hard thing to do when someone says you know tell us a little bit about your running and stuff but I'm going to make that really easy for you and I'm going to give the listeners um, an idea about some of your running achievements because um, like I've said before that they are very very impressive and you need to correct me on any of these PBs if they're wrong um, because I, I found it a little bit difficult to get some of your results on power of 10 and stuff, but I kind of grabbed these off Strava just very, very quickly. You've got a 10K uh, PB time of 33.52, is that right? Does that yeah, sound I think right? that is. I've never really raced a 10K, I've, so oh, wow. I've never okay. really done that. Like, that's just, that's what I, I did that one, I think, in the middle of a about 18 mile long run. I think I was doing that one day. I did some little like effort for about wow. 10Ks. Okay, so that we're gonna put a little star there. That it's it's to be improved at some point. Then. Yeah, that's there's definitely there's definitely work there that could be improved on most of mine. Yeah, your most half of mar- mine is. I was I was just gonna say your half marathon time is um on Strava is one sixteen. Yeah, but I, that's what I've split in a ma- that's what I've split in a marathon. I've never really raced a half properly either. So. Okay, so those two are going to be grouped together as 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 two to, to be continued. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I was that was my plan for probably I was gonna have a. If I hadn't have injured my like foot a bit, my plan was probably this week was to do quite a hard half marathon effort, see what I was like. And I think I was I was aiming for somewhere around the 75 minute mark, okay, not taking wow. too much out. So I think I think yeah, I think I could go a bit more on that if I've really if I've trained a bit more specifically for it. Fantastic. Your marathon time, which which is super impressive, is 235, um, which I think is right. Um yeah. And incredibly as well, I've listed here as a, as, a, as a PB, your 30 mile time of an astonishing three hours and one minute, which is yeah. crazy quick. <laughs> I mean, that I think that result won you the UK trail championships in 2017. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's amazing. I, I, look, I'm, I'm going to ask you about that in some detail later on. Um, but, you know, there were some big UK running names um, that, that I, cert- I certainly recognized in the results list of that race as well. So for you to beat them i think everything must have gone gone really well on on the day and stuff but yeah well more about that later um i think i gave you some kudos on that 30 mile run the other day which was yes four the years other day late. that did pop up <laughs> <laughs> 
you must have realized i was doing some research for the show so <laughs> yeah yeah i did think that at the time i thought i thought i popped up before oh, that's about three years ago that i thought <laughs> yeah 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 no sorry about that but yeah i, I, t- I kind of do go back on the show just to kind of have a look and i'm inter- always interested to see splits and how that went and stuff but do you do you follow any of um any of the kind of international races um outside of the area do you follow like um i don't know the, the big marathons and stuff like that on tv or did you follow the the hoka and a and a hundred uh, k world yeah with thing? Jim Wormsley yeah yeah wasn't that amazing did you did you enjoy it yeah that was I was just a bit gutted for him at the end to be honest well, I see but I was on the, I was on the floor screaming like I was watching some kind of um you know like like thing happen on like massive event happening on TV I was really it was just so close I mean it was just seconds amazing yeah it was really yeah good, it's but... cutting after that many hours of racing to be that close yeah I know it's it's insane but listen your your thirty mile time wasn't far off. Um, your pace wise you know wasn't far off and i know it's half the distance but you know it's um <laughs> yeah you're, you're racing at some pretty substantial times there for for the long distances but listen how has covid affected your running and racing since 2020 because i think 2020 you actually did get to do some races because you you got a couple of course records and some races and stuff and i think you did beachy head um and a couple of others but um yeah how how's you how have you been affected by you know by covid since since it all, all started well it's just a bit like it's difficult because you don't know whether a race is going to go and then there's a lot more protocol and procedure and it's more like a time trial than is a race is what i'd describe it because you're all let off at different times Mm. and you even though you might cross the line first you don't know whether you've actually won it or not which is sometimes so you've got to wait there unless you literally are miles ahead and you know you're and they're all quite abreast of it then you like you don't know until probably a bit later on who's where I've actually heard um, that. I've, I've seen that happening. Actually, I saw that happen last year. My my co-host Dave Harvey and his partner did one of the one of the QE races. In fact, I think it was last year's QE QE Spring, or I, I can't remember what, what it was. But they came home with the trophies and then had to give them back later on because it was it was wrong. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So that's um, yeah. Is that's the trouble? Because even it's even like the South Downs one. Even when I cross the line, even if you're even if you're whoever wins it they don't know they've won it until pretty much not probably 50% of people have finished. Cause you don't know who could have split somebody yeah. who started two hours might, later might be splitting really well through the timing. Mm. You won't know that till later on. No, it's very true. Yeah. So I guess it's just a uh, hanging on the edge. Just uh, you'd have to go back out on the course and start slowing people down. You're throwing marbles on the trails and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Jack, are you, are you currently sponsored as a runner by, by anybody? Do you, do you get any sponsorship um, or, or work with any brands or anything? No, I work with a few. Um, I've tried working with, I've tried to get into contact with like Alton Sports and stuff locally, but I've never had any luck with that. Okay. Um, I was, I did have a guy, um, Anthony Clark from X Miles. He, um, I was sponsored a bit by the likes of him. And I'm, I've got like, a, I'm an ambassador, but I'm more like ambassadors for a couple of things. But it's something I've tried to get, like, I'd like to be a bit more, I don't know, I'd, I'd like to, one day get a bit more sponsorship on that front from different like companies. Like when I was mentioning to you before about like Hoka and stuff like that. Yeah. To be yeah. like ambassadors, everything like that. If people I mean, were like interested. Yeah. I'm quite, I'm quite surprised like you haven't been approached, approached more by, by sponsors and stuff like that. Obviously, you know, considering like how long you've been in the sport and stuff and, and what you've done, but uh, you yeah, know, it's interesting to ask. And, you know, I'm always, I'd always be happy to kind of like help, help put you in contact with people that I, that I know through the show and through running in the area and stuff. So definitely, definitely keep that in mind for you. But um, are, are you listed officially as an elite competitor now with any of these results you have, or do you just enter races just, just normally as, as anybody would? I just race enter them as normally as everyone would. Okay. 
So I, I don't know whether it's it's like my I wanted to do was I'm not actually part of a club because only recently my work's kind of changed that I could do a club. But obviously because of last year, I didn't enter a club because obviously you couldn't do a club running. So I've, you won't get the benefits of that. But yeah. one of my goals was obviously I wanted to do, I wanted to, I've never run London and I wanted to run London, but I, could, I wanted to do it in enough of a time that I could get the, uh, I wanted to go to sub 245 so I could get in the like elite club runners. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you start like the pen behind and just, then I'd be interested to see what I'd like. Cause everybody says to me, Oh, London's great. And I really like, it's one of my bucket list races type thing, but I can't, I've never got the, quite got the opportunity yet. Could you not use the time you got at Portsmouth at 236 to, to, to no, do that? No, I think that's too long. I think that's too long ago. Oh, okay. I might right. be able to use the Isle of Wight one, but if not, I'd have to do a race uh, specifically so I could get the time, if that makes sense. Okay, gotcha. All right. Interesting. Well, it's, it's exciting to see what, what will, what will you know, come for you in the future. And um, yeah, running London will certainly uh, be a great opportunity for you to, to run a fast time. But apart from the running, uh, Jack, any other hobbies or interests, any new talents kind of developed since lockdown started? Oh, um... <laughs> Video games, films, anything, anything like that? No, not really. I don't really watch that much TV or video games. I'm not really. Okay. I'm not really a big one of that. So the main music, thing I, I, musical talents so it seems to be a big one with uh, with a lot of runners no i'm, I'm not musical whatsoever i'm not really i don't know i'm, I'm quite out, i'm quite outdoorsy as a person i quite like to just like i'll go out and walk my dogs with like my girlfriend or sometimes my dad stuff like that Perfect. i'll go places like that but i'm not i'm not really i'm not <laughs> not very talented on that front you're born to be in the outdoors, Jack. I, I like that. That's good. Out, yeah. <laughs> out, out in nature, enjoying the fresh air, which is fantastic. Um, so listen, I, I always find it fascinating how, obviously, how all my guests I have on the show kind of start their running journeys and stuff. So so if you could maybe like like dive into the details now and maybe tell us a little bit about kind of how running all started for you and, and what those early early running memories are. Uh, well, I pretty much used to do, I, I can't remember, but when I was about 12, probably about 11 or 12 and I got secondary school, I was quite seriously into like in, in my rugby. And I, I used to just go out running. We've got a local, uh, I live in Ferrum and there's Fort, we've got Fort Ferrum, which is quite close. And I used to just run, run, and run around there pretty much every Saturday morning. I do, I don't know how many laps I'd do, but I probably, when I worked out later on, it was probably about four or five miles back then. And I was probably 11 or 12. Yep. And I used to do that pretty much once or twice a week. And then I started doing, five or six miles if i was if I, I remember one day i had a i think i must have been 12 or 13 i did it for fitness just to, to help with the running I, I can't remember but i did about five or six miles and i did it for my whole half term week i've never felt my legs felt that awful i don't think in a long time but <laughs> yeah. yeah so I, I used to do it like that and then it sort of gradually progressed into a, i did a bit more running as i got sort of into college and i just used to do i used to do i think once or twice a week i'd do a half marathon but I used to basically go all out for a half marathon so I used to do I think I used to do my I did have about a 118 117 half marathon I was pretty much doing every week because I'd just go out and do one really hard half marathon and then sometimes another hard another half marathon but not as like I would probably be quite knackered from the other one or I'd run out like I'd do seven miles something like that okay and I used to do cycling and rugby in between but Wow, but that was only it was only at that point when I used to be running like I think it was about a one, about yeah about one eighteen one nineteen kind of marathon and a, a half marathon and um, 
one of my mum's friends who was part of Ferrum Crusaders, I think, said to me, oh, you, you know, you're taught to enter a race if you can run that fast. And I thought, well, I ummed and ahed, and I thought, well, I quite like going off-road. So I basically used to run down, like, Titchfield. I used to run pretty much everywhere around here that's off-road. Okay. Um, so I entered the, the QE spring half, I think it was, back then. Okay. And I can't remember who... And I think I ended up... I didn't start anywhere. I, I mean, everything logistically, I just sort of turned up. I think the day before we come back from Cornwall, so I was quite tired because <laughs> yeah. we've been up and like, um, but yeah, and then I went and ran, I went and ran that against, I think, not that I knew at the time, but there was Toby Lambert was there. Okay. So obviously, I, I think, he, yeah, I think he's he's run something like a 218 marathon or something like that. Wow. Okay. He's the England, yeah, he's, he's been in England. I didn't know that at the time. So he won it in some ridiculous time. And I think Julian Manning was second. And then I think I was third. And I was quite I was quite shocked that I actually and I didn't even realize I was third. Okay. To be honest, because uh, I didn't really know where I'd ended up. And then yeah. I wasn't sure whether there was trophy. So I think I went home and then a few a few days later in the post I got this third place trophy come through. Wow. <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. I mean, that in itself, what what you've what you've just spoken about now is is quite amazing, really, because I've never I've never really heard of anybody like yourself running those kind of times you know, your 118s and your 117s for a half marathon just on the fly once or twice a week, not knowing, I guess, too much about the race scene or anything like that, which is, which is incredible. So, you, I mean, did you know back then that you had, had talent for the running? Did you know how quick you were compared to other people? Did you have any idea at all? I didn't really know whatsoever. All I can remember is that, I, I don't know, I, I knew whatever I would go out, I'd only go out maybe two or maybe three times a week max, but I'd go out not that I would do that, but I would basically go out to max effort. I would go really, really hard in those and I'd either hang on really, really well or I'd blow up quite massively. Like mm-hmm. I used to do, I mean, like, I didn't really like bother too much of a lot of things. Like, I mean, sometimes before I go and run one of those half marathons, I would sit there. One of my favorite things back then used to be to eat a whole Toblerone and I used to eat a whole Toblerone, <laughs> like one of the massive ones. And I'd either have the most amazing run or I'd feel incredibly sick and crash and burn. But sometimes like you could go, like, I found it was one of them hit or miss things. I'd either yeah. go, I'd be so fueled on sugar that I'd be fine or I'd feel so sick that it wasn't worth it. <laughs> Okay, I, th- I think you've I think you've you've hit um you've hit like kind of like a gold nugget here because you may, you may have some kind of secret nutritional experimental um you know finding here with with Toblerone. Everyone's going to be kind of going out buying Toblerones now to fuel their half marathons. <laughs> oh, I think honestly, I think it's it's a well good. I mean, I don't think you I don't think I'd burn off enough to outweigh the Toblerone. But I mean, it, if you want like a good PB sort of fuel. I yeah. think people have, there's a little nugget they could unlock there with that one. Yeah, definitely. And, and listen, I, I'm, I'm assuming it wasn't one of those gigantic Toblerones that you get at Christmas time occasionally, like the two kilo ones and stuff. <laughs> no, no, unfortunately not. I don't think, I think my jaw would have ached if I'd done that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, listen, uh, jumping back a little bit, um, you said that you'd, uh, as, as, a, as a child, you'd gone to watch your dad uh, running and racing and stuff like that. So do you have many like, good memories of watching watching him race? I don't think I was actually, when he's done these, I was at rugby. So I don't actually, ah. I don't think I was at any of them. The okay. only one I've ever been to is actually, no, that's a lie. My mum, as a, on a whim, decided one year she was going to run the Great South Run. Okay. And I think I was there, but I can't remember that because it was sort of typical weather. It was absolutely peeing down with rain. Okay. But yeah, on, on, a, on a side note of that front, when I was younger, the whole rugby club used to do the Great South Run, like mini ones right as a thing so we all used to do them every year pretty much but i'd never come anywhere in them mm. realistically okay. 
Okay. So I had no idea what I was doing. I just pretty much you'd either go out with your mates for a bit and then go a bit harder. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, just just to put a little bit of perspective on the dates here, we're talking about 2016 here. Is that right? Um, um, the, sorry, the, the QE the QE Elizabeth yeah, kind of half yeah, spring. Yeah, 2016. 2016, which is which is not long ago at all, really. And I think that same year as well, you you did your first uh, marathon as well. So you ran the Hampshire Hoppet Marathon. Yeah, I did that about two months or so later. I thought, well, I've done that. I might. As well, okay. I think I've always said I'm going to do a half and um, a full one. And um, the Hampshire Hobbit was, I think that was its first year. And my grandparents used to basically live right by it. Okay. And I thought, well, because my, my granddad used to work on the race course where it is like uh, basically starts near in okay. Newbury. And I thought, well, that's a, I don't know whether that's like fate or whatever, but we ended up, I thought I'll go for it because I've, never know anything and I've yeah I ended up I didn't think anything of that again and then ended up finishing second in that and uh wow amazing can you remember who won that year I think it was was it David Meacock I think it was somebody like that okay okay I don't and he's know quite name. no I think he's pretty he's quite good I'm not sure if he's triathlete or but he's got some pretty quick times is what I seem to remember when I looked him up afterwards okay okay amazing now listen training for a marathon and obviously like racing uh, a marathon as well is is like completely different to the half and stuff but but you did really well um how how were you treating your training then like in that first year like how how were you how you were how were you approaching your training leading up to the marathon and and where were you getting your your plans from and and how were you kind of approaching the race well, i pretty much used to i did well only after when i started looking at the marathon i knew i needed to train a bit longer but i didn't really take anything realistically that i just used to just go out and pretty much run Wow. Quite a few okay. times a week, do some cycling, and I knew I needed to do a couple of like longer runs and stuff. But I didn't really, uh, I wasn't really particularly. I didn't do any specific sessions. I didn't do anything. Some days I'd go out and just go really hard, and other days I'd be tired from that. So I just, I didn't really. I wasn't very knowledgeable on that. So back then, yeah. I'd have just kind of whimmed it because all Amazing. I remember is that when I did the marathon, I've never felt like. I think it was it was only it was 16 miles in because I remember it quite specifically. That was the point when it hit me that mm-hmm. my legs were quite shot. And I think uh, I just remember the next 10 miles. I think I can't remember how much I slowed down per mile, but it must have been a good minute or so. And then okay. by the end, I was sort of crawling along <laughs> wow. because I'd never really I'd never experienced that kind of level of soreness or fatigue in one hit. Yeah, they do. They do kind of say they talk about the wall all the time, don't they? But and it, and it is a real thing that you do eventually kind of get over. But those, I think, definitely most people those those first few marathon distances are quite quite hard on the body, especially if you feel racing it like like you are with, you know, with an all out effort. So, but yeah, wow, absolutely amazing. Again, you know, just running your first marathon and coming second, with you know the way you approached it, you know, not kind of expecting anything and not really kind of knowing what what how it was going to go. So just makes it a more uh, a more remarkable story here but um did, did, so i guess i'm assuming from what you've just said there you didn't really have any bit, like, massive ambitions you know, I mean, you you weren't going into these thinking oh you know i'm, oh, yeah, I'm going to win this kind of looking at the competition around you you were just going to going to run and have fun no yeah exactly my first ambition like was that as i was like, i want to finish i was like i want to do as well as i can but, but as long as i finish was like the thing. and then it was only about i think it was honestly because I, I think the furthest i'd run was probably 18 or 20 i can't remember if i'd done 20 miles or not mm. but i'd done 18 i remember that so i was quite surprised at 16 miles in to be feeling quite that bad and then yeah. the worst thing i always remember is it's, it's what i kind of taught myself after the first couple is never ever count down the miles because 
that only makes it go on forever. When you start counting down, you're like, ah, oh, that means I've only got 10 left. Each one of those will be the slowest miles you'll ever do in your life. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, very, very yeah, kind of humorous way to look at it. But yeah, it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what I never, I like, now I just look at if, if uh, the watch buzzes per mile. That's what I look at the time. I don't, I look at how fast that mile was. I don't think, oh, that's great. It's like in a marathon. I don't go, oh, that's right. There's only, I'm halfway. I think halfway is the worst point. Yeah. In sure. any kind of, I think the, the halfway point is probably the worst point in any point to run yeah yeah i think some in some races for me as well like even crossing the finish line is like some runs or races i've had you know it even even then it's not great it's just you know you need you need that kind of few minutes just to recover at the end and then and then you start feeling okay so <laughs> yeah, yeah it was the, like some of the like that was the classic one i did that i mean i've never i, I was so gone I, I i was i got everything probably strategically quite wrong that day and i was so gone that it probably took me about an hour to sort of come to realization of sort of what was going on type thing <laughs> mm-hmm. it sounds like you can really kind of go to those those dark places and really push the most out of your body that you need on race day which is you know in itself like a really handy skill and, and great talent to have so so amazing but since 2016 obviously leading up to the lockdown and stuff you, you've had a, a series of like good results and stuff in the marathon particularly so i would love to chat about all of them but i, I picked out a couple and and feel free afterwards to kind of list any others that kind of stick out in your mind. But the first one I wanted to talk about was, was a race that, um, in fact, a couple of them I want to talk about are, are ones that listeners will, will definitely know, which is your first ever marathon win, which, uh, is a race I haven't done myself, but I know of it. And I know the area, the, the Mion Valley marathon, which is quite a hilly one. Um, yeah, you ran it in a time of, of three hours, three minutes and 42 seconds. I think that's right. Uh, how was it? How did the race go for that? I mean, Obviously, you've done your first marathon now. You're kind of a little bit more clued up as to, well, as to what you're going to feel by like. By that point, I went quite all in in 2016. I did I did the, the marathon in June. And then in July or August, I did the midnight marathon and got lost. And I was ah. actually needing that. I got lost. And then I ended up doing about 30 miles. And I think I finished about 10th or whatever. But I was so I was never been that knackered in my life because I was so stressed because I got lost in the middle of in the dark and nowhere. And then in I think in September, September, I did the New Forest Marathon with my dad for his first okay. marathon. And then I decided that November I was going to do that. So I did the Me On one in November. Um, yeah, and a couple of us, I think there was about two or three of us who went out of the start. And then I think it was, I can't remember what point, but it was about five or six miles in. We went up, I can't remember which hill it is. I'm not, I don't think it's Winchester Hill. It might have been Winchester Hill from a different angle, but I can't. But basically, from that point on, I was pretty much on my own. I didn't really look back. I just I was went for it. Okay, amazing, absolutely amazing. Okay, so there's a couple of things I want to chat to you about. And the first is your the Midnight Marathon is one that I've done four or five times. I I love that race. It is a, it's amazing. It's at a it's at a fantastic time of year. It's it's always warm. I've always had good good kind of like memories of the temperature and stuff. And isn't it great when you get to see the sunset and stuff and and obviously run through to midnight? But I've got a very similar story to you, Jack. Is <laughs> um listen str- this is so funny because strangely enough the route is an out and back so technically <laughs> it's technically how in fact i remember phil hoy giving giving the um the briefing a couple of times saying don't worry about getting lost there's no way you can get lost on this route i got lost i i don't know whether it was the same point as you but i'll i'll i'll, I'll explain where i got lost and then maybe you can kind of tell us where it went wrong for you but you turn around at the halfway point at the bottom of the hill at cocking um, yeah I came back up the hill at Cocking through the forest 
down a steep kind of gravel bit and there was an there was a there was an aid station there and you were meant to kind of like hang a right through a hedge and i went straight on along a path there where, <laughs> where, where did you where did you get lost i got lost about i think it was i was leading it and i just i only not long got into the lead i was about seven miles in and there's a there's a signpost and you know there's some of them the arrows are pointed I didn't, for some reason, I didn't see that, the, you know, they've all, one of them's got the fluorescent tape to show you which way to go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, for some reason, didn't see any fluorescent tape and just looked at the sign. Okay. Um, I saw the South Downs way and it said, turn right. So about seven miles in, I went down this gateway and I went down this path for about two miles in the completely wrong direction. Oh my and God. I was shouting it. And eventually I come across this random house of somebody who could hear me. And I said, Excuse me, do you know which way? Have you seen there's some sort of race on? And he looked at me and he said, Yeah, that's back that way. And I thought, Oh my God. Oh. So I went all the way back up. But then that wasn't the worst bit because then I thought I got I eventually rejoined the race, but I was pretty bewildered and a bit tired at this point. So as opposed to following the correct signs to the, I hadn't reached halfway yet, I yep. followed the signs as if I was coming back. So I then went back up this huge, great hill. And right. passed all the people coming the other way. And I thought, initially, I thought, blimey, all these people are well ahead of me. <laughs> it was only when I got to the top of the hill that somebody said to me, have you gone the right mate? Have you gone the right way? And I was like, have you, what do you mean? I was like, have you reached halfway yet? It's like, no, we haven't reached halfway. And I thought, oh, no. So I had to run all the way back down this hill and then all the way back along the route. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But you, you, you climbed back up the field pretty well to finish in 10th after that because... Uh... The South Downs way is not not very forgiving when you go wrong because, like you say, you go you go back up the hills that you've come down. So, like, oh, yeah, I, I think I was I was pretty mad at myself. I mean, I the problem was it was again it was really really hot and I underestimated like how much I should have like drank because I just thought oh, I'll be in the dark. I won't need that much. Yeah, and it yeah. it was really hot and I I didn't really factor that in, so I was quite dehydrated by the end of it but i was so determined I was that I was going to finish the thing. <laughs> wow, amazing. Well, I um, I went off. Um, I, think I, I exited an aid station. I think at the time I was, I was, I was doing pretty well. I was, I think I was about seventh or eighth at the time. And I came out of this, this feed station and they obviously, the, the people in the feed station, the, the volunteers, they were, they were, they were really, really great kind of feeding me, but they obviously didn't realize that I went straight on instead of going through the hedge. And I ran for about a mile going down this path. And what, what led me to believe I was going wrong was that I just couldn't hear anything and I could see head torches in front of me and I thought okay I'm, I'm doing well I, I, I keep seeing these head torches I can see the people in front of me that go 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 and then I went through this massive puddle a huge puddle that covered the whole path and, and loads of mud and I was like I didn't pass this puddle on the way out so I stopped <laughs> and, and you know what it's like in the dark on the South Downs Way I, I just stopped and there was just silence and I, I started to panic a little bit I'm like okay don't panic because you haven't turned anywhere so at least you can just go back and go and it turned out that the head torches i thought i'd been seeing was actually bats and, or animals um with <laughs> like obviously the light shining out their eyes and stuff so um so yeah nightmare so i ended up just having a fun run uh for, for the rest of the route and I, I don't know finished somewhere up the field it didn't really matter at that point but yeah just some um, so funny to kind of share that that getting lost on that route experience <laughs> yeah well, it's, that's the worst thing because it like it's only when you realize you've gone the wrong way and then you think well, you can't hear anyone you mm. can't see anyone and you think okay so i thought maybe i'd just take it i wasn't sure i'd taken a lot of twists and turns at that point so i thought oh well i must have taken a wrong twist or turn so but i kept going with the path i thought maybe it's just me because i'm like it's a trail race you never know there might not be that many signs yeah and i thought it was yeah. only when i sort of i was like well this is about two miles now i haven't seen or heard anything and i'm pretty certain there's supposed to be some sort of aid station now that i haven't seen 
So then I basically ran all the way back. And then obviously, like I said to you, I saw these head torches coming down the hill and I just ran at the head torches thinking, oh, they've yeah. already got halfway because I, I was so lost as to what the time was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. It's um, it's very easily done, and and you know, it doesn't just happen at nighttime as well. It happens, happens in the daytime as well, and it's very, very common. In fact, I did it at the at the USA Marathon last year. I I got yeah. lost, um, in the daytime running with somebody else. So I felt guilty that I kind of led the person astray onto the wrong way. And we we ended up having the same experience. We we passed, kept passing people, and then somebody said to us, "Are you sure you're going the right way? Because we're going really, 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 really slowly." And we had gone all the way back on ourselves. We in fact we didn't even know where we had gone. We just did all sorts of strange loops and stuff and we just ended up i think doing about 29 miles or something that day but yeah it was <laughs> a bit of fun you know you just kind of laugh about it but listen back on back onto your racing and stuff like that we've obviously discussed your your first win a little bit at um at Mion valley which is which is fantastic you must have been really happy with that but um and also just on on that on that point as well anybody listening who hasn't run the midnight marathon i can highly recommend it it is a fantastic event it's warm it's at night time which gives it kind of some you know, an extra special feel to it there's people that run with christmas lights wrapped around them um, and it's a great experience if you want to kind of go out running at night time and you've never experienced it before because it is an out and back and you know i think if you're running with people you'll say it's safe to say that you probably won't get lost so <laughs> <laughs> but anyway um back on to to running i want to discuss the the, the portsmouth coastal marathon that, uh, that you ran and we obviously had a little chat about this um before we started recording but um, just to kind of give everyone who's listening a perspective on your time, that route for me, myself, saps the energy out of my legs for some reason. I don't know what it is about that route. Obviously, there's pebbles and and mud and it's and it's windy sometimes and uh, a cold time of year and stuff. But you ran an absolutely outstanding two hours, 36, which only gave you second place, which we've discussed. <laughs> so very, very keen to kind of hear the story about how that went and Tell us a little bit about, about the race itself, what you like about it, where where kind of you felt good, where you felt bad, and and yeah, just just keen to hear how it went on the day. Yeah, well, obviously, I think there's it's quite a popular event, isn't it? It's not it just really for popular, Christmas, yeah. and there's probably a, must be a thousand odd people do it. I think when I when I when I did it, and uh, obviously we started on the seafront, and the weather's always well, it wasn't too bad. I don't think that day it wasn't. And, but obviously I've never really had a proper pace bike at that point because I was only on about my third or fourth marathon, fifth marathon. Okay. But I was still really, really inexperienced, like only the month before I'd done that me on one, but I'd never done anything flat. And this is it's sort of off, it is off road, but it's still pretty flat, but it's obviously yeah. it's right along the seafront. So you're quite at the elements. Yeah. Um, sure. And then I can't remember, there must've been about four or five of us who went off pretty, with John Alban at the time um and i basically then it was sort of by about 10 miles it was just me and john Aubrey and the pace bike and then by about halfway i thought this bloke is i don't know how he's maintaining this surely he's going to not finish and from about halfway i think he pretty much broke away <laughs> and i think there was i think the next i think he finished in 231 um yeah. i finished i think 236 i think the next guy finished about 244 but it's, I mean, it's a really good event. It's quite a fun event. I mean, there's um, some of the drink stops have got, uh, there's mulled wine. Some have got brandy. I'm assuming you didn't stop for any of those. No, no, I was offered some, <laughs> but I thought that'd be a bad move. Definitely, definitely a bad move. There'd be some uh, psychedelic yawns going on there in the side of the bushes, I think, if that happened. <laughs> wow, that's that's amazing. Listen, when, you, when you're at the front of a race like that and you've got somebody, you know, a competitor who you don't know next to you and you were said that there's a, because I think Rob Pickett himself sometimes rides along 
along at the front. I don't know if it was Rob that day. Is there much talking that goes on between the competitors? Did you did you have any exchange any words with with John at the time? Yeah, we had quite. A, we had a. There was a lot of chat about are we going the right way. That's normally one of the. Okay, <laughs> it's, just, it's normally like the prime one because um, I remember there was when we were coming along by the arcade and you before you turn off onto like the trail bit. Yeah. Uh, I think there was about four of us at that point, and one of them went the wrong way. Um, but no, we had a brief chat, but I had, obviously I had no idea who he was at the time. Okay. Um, but there was only really brief. I was pretty much, to be honest, I was trying to keep up with him. If I'm, I thought, honestly, <laughs> we're going quite quick. I've, um, he was no, probably he was worried ever, himself, Jack. He was, he was probably yeah, thinking, "Crikey, I've got, I've got, I've got someone to compete here with." No, but he was ever so, like, because obviously, I think he's realised. I don't think he realised quite how sort of inexperienced I was. But I mean, afterwards, he come and had a chat with me and my parents for probably a good ten minutes or so. But he didn't didn't say the slightest thing about how obviously how amazing he actually is he knew nothing about that just spoke to me about the race had his beer and that was pretty much it and off he went and like he didn't you wouldn't have known he was this like world-renowned athlete yeah yeah absolutely and for the yeah for those who don't know he is a he's an he's an obstacle runner and champion he's a he's a sky runner um just races internationally and stuff yeah really really talented runner so i guess to be competing up against him was uh yeah was some was some feats and to come second nothing no shame in that at all because i think there were some really good runners lined up that day there was um i think local runner from from gosport harry carter was running that day um i recognized nathan fleer's name um at the finish as well so i think quite a few i think 14 people finished under three hours that day so that was uh yeah it was it was quite good i think the weather was quite good for it it mm. wasn't too muddy on the actual trail section of it yeah yeah and obviously i think where he took, I do think I would not have run anywhere near that quick had he not been there because he took the pace out quite well. Probably for him, it wasn't too hard, but I mean, that was pretty hard for me running yeah. <laughs> back then. Incredible, absolutely amazing. So I guess you were you were struggling at the end to uh, to, to get. Oh through, yeah, I, I think it was about the it was about the twenty mile point, which I remember because I think my pace dropped off probably about thirty seconds. It probably dropped off to about six and a half minute miles. And that was the point when I started to notice that I was struggling okay. <laughs> and the okay. fact that the gap was only increasing. Cool. So any, any plans at some point, because I think obviously John now holds the, the course record there. Any plans to go back and, and take it off of him? I, I, I don't know where I'd go for, I'd love to go back. I'd quite like to go and do that something like with my dad. So I can take it in a bit more than just amazing. That's, yep. that's quite good when I can do one of these runs with my dad. So it's quite nice to do a local one take it in a bit as opposed to when you race it as much as I say I don't think if you're racing it properly hard I don't think you really appreciate the course as such yeah no absolutely and and I, I wanted to ask you about that because you obviously just mentioned again um doing the Portsmouth Coastal in the future with, you, with your dad but when you, you you mentioned earlier a little bit briefly about running your first uh new forest marathon with with your dad or your dad's first first marathon um how was that because uh, yeah, obviously you're used to kind of running, running at the front or running really fast and stuff again. I, mean, I assume that particular marathon was was obviously not like that. How was the experience? Um, how did the experience differ and stuff? And, ha- and how did your dad get on the day? Uh, it's, it was, honestly, it's one of the best experiences I've ever done. Is yeah. what I've got to say because it was one of the, like I've, I've, it was kind of like role reversal. It's probably the most proud I've been of him. <laughs> really, um, but um, when he was, I just remember because um, the. Well, it was, it was a, I just remember the first thing he said to me was because he's actually really, really talented. Like he doesn't think he is, but he really is. Like some of the races we've done, he's won his age categories, all sorts of stuff. Amazing. And yeah. um, 
I just remember him saying to me, literally when we went off at the start, he's going, all these people are passing us. All these people are passing us. Should, should we speed up? I said, no. I said, trust me. I said, I said, come about 10 miles. I said, we'll be passing all of them. So 10 miles come. And I said, At 10 miles. I said, you'll feel well better if you're going past people than you will do if you're being passed because you've got a long way to go. So yeah. 10 miles comes around and we're passing all these people. He's going, oh, I don't know why all these people started so fast. And I said, because it's, that's what I said to you. I said, everybody gets the, the adrenaline buzz yeah. and they all go off really, really hard. But yeah, so it was a really, really nice day. And um, yeah, it was going really, really well. And I think it was about the, must have been about the, it was around 21, I would say. I'd probably say he started to like hit the wall quite bad. Yeah. And then yeah. The, the pace dropped off and it was about 25. He like, I think, I'm not, I don't think he was picking his feet up enough. I was pretty tired and he uh, tripped up. But luckily me and this other bloke managed to sort of hoist him back up. And I've got to say, it's one of the, just as, I don't know if you've done it, but there's pretty much some like fencing you come around just before you reach the finish stuff. Yeah, I know it's, yeah. I always remember that. Because that's probably one of the proudest moments I've I've had of that. Because I was like, he was actually going to finish this, and uh, yeah, so we pretty much come across the line. And I don't think he could walk for a few days, but I um, I think it was yeah, it was a fantastic experience. What a special, <laughs> what an absolutely special kind of like I say moment, but a, a, you know, such a special few hours to to, to share, especially with like a family member and, and someone like your dad. It's it's amazing. And do you know, I was I was going to say as well. I, I kind of made made a point here to to mention that this. Is, don't you agree that there's something like really special about running that kind of removes any kind of social pressure to look good or to like say the right things and stuff like that, or or to be doing what anyone else you know you're worried about anyone else seeing you do and stuff like that? I think just when you're when you're running with somebody, you're just able to kind of relax a bit more, let the let your guard down and, and speak nicely and just enjoy the time so much more together. Yeah, I'd agree. Like it's I don't know how to describe it, but each one I like each like my dad put it to me before. Each one is like a journey when you do it with somebody else. Yeah, and it's a really special journey because you only you share it with that person. Yeah. So you only you and those that you don't have to say anything, but you've both been through the same pain. You've yeah. seen exactly the same thing, and you've just shared that moment together. Yeah. And it's that achievement when you come across the line, you can both look at it and say, "Well, yeah, we've done that." Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I I just couldn't agree more. And it's just something really special about the sport that kind of makes that really. Really, yeah, because really it's so pure. That's why I think there's nothing. There's no gimmicks. There's nothing. You are both doing like the most prime sort of like primal thing. You're just running. Yeah, that, that that's another thing I like about the sport is that it, you're right. You said the word that it, it's primal. It's um, it's raw. It's you know, there's no no frills, no nothing. You just put 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 whatever trainers you want. Sometimes even if you don't want a pair of trainers, just you know, go barefoot out and just just run run a, run a couple of miles around the block. It's just it's it's there for the taking. You know, the the start line is outside your front door effectively, and um. You know, it's just a, yeah, just very, just a lovely sport in, in that respect for sure. But I was going to say very, very quickly, I, I know I wanted to discuss so many more of the marathons with you, but just to mention a few very, very briefly results, you had a, a first place at the Queen Elizabeth Marathon. I think that was a spring one again, um, New Forest Marathon with your dad, which you mentioned, the Snowdonia Trail Marathon, which you set a new course record in. And does it still stand, you know? No, because I think last year, I think it was the trail or the year before, so I think it was the trail championships for like the UK. So I think only it was a selector. So it was uh, a selection race. So I think they had literally the best names across the UK go to it. So I okay. think they did. They did beat that course record. Okay, that's that, that's cool. But yeah, still something to be really proud of. First place um, and course record holder at the Buell Water Marathon, which I think has been mentioned on this show. I can't remember which yeah. game it was run it. Um, first place and course record holder at the Andover Trail Half Marathon. Um, honorable mention there for another half marathon but yeah just just in some incredible results there but 
you've also had some some good ultra running results and i wanted to very very quickly kind of chat over your your ultra running results because you ran i'm not sure if it was your first one but there was a 44 mile ultra ultra you ran in cornwall where you placed second um, yeah how, that was my first that was your first okay brilliant what what, what race was that uh, that's the classic quarter so my my um grandparents live pretty much near the start of it on the lizard point okay. so i'd pretty much ran bits of around that coast because uh, we used to go we go on holiday there pretty much every year lovely um, so uh, something i'd somebody it popped up and at some point i thought oh yeah i've got to do that and okay. in my like i was like that's the next thing i could do obviously i've we, like living here is nothing like the coastline down there yeah. particularly the last section of that so I ended oh, yeah, up doing true. that. And I mean, it was the most bizarre weather. It was in June. It was foggy. It was windy. It was quite cold. I mean, it. And I'm, I mean, I must have got lost about five times. I've, I've never. <laughs> even course, all, like, at one, one, one point, there was the three of us leading. We all got lost. And the guy in fourth was suddenly, when we eventually rejoined the race in the right place, the guy in fourth was leading. And we, we were all bewildered as to how this had happened. Blimey. <laughs> I bet he was gutted when the three of you passed him. He's like, "Oh no, here we go." <laughs> it was, it was a bit gutted, but I think he was a bit. He was, he was quite confused how he'd end up in the lead. I think was initially, and then he thought, "Where have these people come from? Do they know something I don't?" Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, absolutely amazing. I, yeah, the coast along there is is pretty brutal on the legs and stuff. But of course, you went out in true uh, in true Jack fashion and placed second, which is which is just amazing. Um, but the ultra race I really kind of wanted to maybe focus on just for just for a few minutes was the one I mentioned earlier, which is the the UK trail running middle distance championships race. Um, now you obviously won this um, set a course record as well, I think, for it. Yeah. Um, for the race, was that specifically targeted? Um, I was also interested in whether or not that was a race that you get invited to, or was it just one that just happened to be the UK trail running middle distance champs? No, anyone can do one of them. There's, I think there's, there's a, obviously there's a middle, a short, and a long. And I think the long's about eighty-six miles or something. I think the middle is that one. Okay. I think the short's about a half marathon. I think. Right. Okay. How how, how did that go down? I mean, to, to win that race, I'm sure you kind of like realize the, the significance of it. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty huge win. Yeah, it was at the time, but I, I did target it. I have to say, and I, I was a okay. bit more knowledgeable about. I'm still, I wasn't really still an ex then. I was still just a bit more experienced and knowledgeable about how to train and different ways of yeah, doing it. Yeah. As you, you, you picked up, picked up stuff as you go, as you're kind of going along. Yeah, from ways. what yeah. you watch on like YouTube and what you read and books and stuff. And but just a general, not, like you weren't coached at the time or anything. There was no coach. No, going. No, I've, no, I've never really been coached. So it's sort okay. of, um, I was just going on like what I think I could have, like I knew what I felt I could have done. And it just was a bit more, it was more, I think, it's more structured training. It's more like, I would say, more faster pace or like long runs with a bit more of effort in type thing around kind of what you were targeting to pace. And just, I think, your general like knowledge of your body and how you manage that. Like, like, there's no point going out hard at the start. At the start. You, you just don't gain anything yeah. later on. So basically, I just remember there was, I think, four of us went out around that, around kind of, I think it was just under it's under six minute mile pace pretty much. And we basically stayed the main four of us. There was a bit more at the start, but four of us basically stayed together. And I pretty much just sat in the pack waiting. And then about halfway, I think we went down to three. Um, okay. um, so the turnaround point, we were pretty much about three. And I basically stayed. 
I don't know. I, I, I just stayed with it until about, I tried to make a couple of pushes towards the front, probably about 10 K to go. Um, just as the pace started to, the couple of guys in front, the pace started to slow a bit, Okay, but he wasn't having any of it because it's on quite a short canal path in that bit. So he pretty much took back over the lead and I thought, well, okay, that's fine. And then I think it was, the pace started to drop off a bit more considerably, probably about, probably about 25, 26 miles. And I've at about 5k to go, I just, I put the, I put the burners on a such and I, I feel wow. I, I went about, I don't know, I put about, I knew I could drop to the pace that we would slow down by about 30 seconds, 40 seconds a mile. So I just upped it probably about, I don't know, best part of a minute a mile. Wow. Um, okay. And then I think, cause then I thought, well, that's to be interesting to see how the string out the field. And then he, they pretty much tried to go with me. And then I think I put about, I don't know how many I put in the end, but it must've, it was a good few minutes by the end because I think it pretty much blew it apart. And then the worst part of is there's not, it's not unbelievably hilly really yep. at any point but the the biggest the steepest hill is basically the, the hill back up to the finish and oh, that that was that was a bit of a kicker after you've been running quite fast for quite a long time oh my goodness but no that, that was i pretty much and that was i could have i do reckon that, that was just one of them races where it all went right and i felt fine and everything but i reckon there was more in it had i needed like if i look when i look back on it i think well i probably could have gone i reckon i could have improved that time because i felt really really good on that day Okay. Wow. Incredible. Was um in, in the pack when you're running in that kind of um at that com- kind of competitive level where, where it is a championship race and obviously everyone's kind of gunning for the finish to finish in first place. Was there any like chit chat going on between everyone? Was it a bit of laughing and joking? Is it quite friendly? Um when when you did eventually kick and stuff, does does anybody kind of announce it or does it just happen? No, the, it, it was all pretty friendly. It's all quite it's just sort of like a mutual respect going on. Yeah. But no, nobody nobody announces when they're gonna like go for it as such. It's, okay. It's just that like it was it's more like a feel thing. So like I could feel that the pace had slowed and okay. I knew that I had more. And yeah. I was like, well, we're getting to the point here well where it's if if you're gonna if you're gonna make a move, somebody's gonna make it, or if they've got anything left. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, if they're slowing down, they must be starting to feel it. Hmm. So if any if there's a time to go, you, I don't know how to describe, but you you sort of like in all the races, like if you're in the vulnerable position, then it's terrible when you're feeling bad and somebody just puts on the burners. But then if you're feeling all right, then it's quite good. It's quite satisfying in that aspect when you can just gap everyone. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely amazing. And and obviously what did it feel like kind of crossing that finish line winning? Um, was there much, uh, with it, was there any interviews to do afterwards? Did any, any of the other, kind of big big names big big races and stuff come and come and chat to you um, how, yeah how i think yeah there was i think johnny cox come and chat have a big chat to us afterwards i think mark in the was there he had a chat and everybody i think was pretty tight i mean everybody was yeah everybody was really really good i think that was phil mark there's a few really 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 like top people who all come and had a chat and everybody just sort of got on fantastic that uh, was a really good event i think I guess you must you must have been asked a question by by people, you know, because I guess I, I don't know what people knew of you before you go in, because obviously a lot of these names that you just mentioned, like Mark Innocenti, for example, he, I know he's done a lot of the Centurion races. Um, I see his names his name around various results and stuff. So I guess some of the runners are, are really well known. D- did they know you? Did they know much of you? Did they, you know, did they say to you like, are you coached or are you in a club or anything like that? Did they? No, did I didn't say- really, because uh, in like the pre race, I don't know how to describe it, like the blog bit which come out. Uh, yeah. All that there was a few people's names mentioned and stuff like that who 
I thought, and my name wasn't mentioned at all, but obviously nobody really knows that much of me. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I think it was a bit of a, more of a surprise, I think. <laughs> okay, amazing. That's, that's pretty, have you kept in touch with any of the, the, the races and stuff that uh, that you saw at me, mess at these, at these events? Yeah, well, we all sort of follow each other on Strava, Facebook, that sort of side, the Instagram type that. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Brilliant. Um, absolutely amazing. F- fantastic racing. I think that's all we've got time for really to talk about the races and such. But uh, I did want to have a, a, a quick chat because it was a really funny, um, really funny uh, bit of information that I read that I wanted to kind of ask you about. And that was um, that you did some traveling, uh, I think, around about 2019. And uh, oh, yeah. it, it sounds like <laughs> I got to uh, visit, you know, exactly where the story's going. <laughs> You got to see some fantastic countries and stuff. Can you can you tell us, like, first of all, quickly before we um, ask about the story, where where you travelled and, and and where you got to see? Uh, well, my girlfriend's always wanted to do travelling, so one thing. So we ended up in 2019. We went to Singapore for a little bit. Then we travelled around New Zealand in a camper van for a couple of months. Um, then we were spent a couple of weeks in Fiji, travelling around various islands and that. And then we spent probably about just over a month uh, travelling around from sort of um we did Cairns down to, to Brisbane and then flew into Sydney in a camper van um yeah the most pretty amazing experience brilliant brilliant and uh west coast of Australia at all did you did you head over there uh yes so we first started um when we went to Australia we flew because she has relatives in um oh, I've forgotten the place but she has relatives out that um out that side so we spent a week out there with them Okay. Sort of um, getting to know kind of what happened, like uh, just what it's like. So we got to see a bit of the wildlife out there okay. before we flew back out to uh, Cairns and sort of did our own thing in the camper vans. Brilliant. Absolutely amazing. And and now obviously onto the question because you got to do a duathlon race while you were there. In, in fact, before we do that, did you take your running kit with you? Obviously you, you took, you took yeah, some kind I, of running I kit. Pretty much, I pretty much went out most days. I just go out early in the morning, wherever we were and type things. Sometimes some places we have a shower. Sometimes you can just get in a river or wash or something. <laughs> Brilliant. I think it's super important that people take their runners, take their running kit with them on holiday. And I know I, I, I took everything. I think I even took one of my, um, I think I even took one of my mas- massage stick things. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. And, and obviously your other half doesn't, doesn't mind you kind of going out as long as it's a. Uh... No, 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 she's, she's really, really good. She's really, really supportive and she puts up with me. So. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant that's, that's amazing i always take my kit with me my my pack when we go i'm on holiday and stuff my my bag is usually packed full of just you know because obviously go, we go away in the summer and stuff it's always shorts and race t-shirts and stuff and and obviously pack all my hokers and stuff um and i kind of hide them in the car as well so i can take more pairs with me. <laughs> <laughs> i put them like down where the spare wheel is and stuff so that they can't be <laughs> gotta be a bit sneaky about it but listen this um this duathlon race you entered in new zealand um I, I did laugh when I read this because you you did the cycling on a kid's bike that you borrowed. How yeah. how, on, how on earth does that work? And and was I assume it was borrowed, not stolen, yeah, Jack? <laughs> no, it was definitely it was borrowed. I can assure you. But but yeah. um, uh, yeah. Well, we stayed in this because in New Zealand, if they have a bank holiday, they shut pretty much everything, but literally everything from petrol stations. But they shut it for the whole weekend. Okay. So we didn't know this. So we were staying in this place called Franz Joseph. We, well, we just arrived there and we couldn't really get any campsites. So we ended up staying in this person's, um, they've, they've just recently bought this like pub. So we basically stayed in like a pub, okay. um, which had, and she, she, she didn't have to, but she 
we had basically had no bed or anything for ages. We've been sleeping in the van. So she let us have a room in this um, in this pub. And it nice. only become when she was talking to us that our, the day up, the, the next day was this duathlon that they'd all been, they all, and it, like, it's such a village thing out there. They're in the middle of nowhere. So everybody kind of does it from like, they come from miles around just to do it. Okay. Um, but there's a duathlon and a triathlon, but the triathlon involved kayaking. And I've basically never ever done kayaking. So I thought that was a bad move. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah and then there were two american girls who were staying also in there i think they were like uh they were university uh from they were doing some um like a year internship type thing over here okay and they had to travel back to i can't remember on the day because they were intended to do it okay, so right. somebody in the village who was about must have been about 70 had lent, they went to pick up this bike but obviously they weren't going to do it so they after talking to me about obviously that oh, I'm quite into the running bit initially it was going to be that oh, one of us was going to run it and then it ended up being me doing both legs okay. but <laughs> this bike was my girlfriend's not really she was kind of um and ah about doing the duathlon bit about the actual bike bit and then she had to go on this bike and I mean it was it was it was a kid's bike I had to raise a saddle I was trying to change they had about three gears on it that worked out of all the mountain bike gears. Oh my God. Uh, the saddle didn't stay up. So when I actually got around to racing it, so I was all right because when the, it was absolutely peeing with rain and I was sitting there thinking, Oh, I don't know if I've made the right decision, but I promised these, this, this woman, I was going to do it. Okay. So I ended up going off at the start and I, in the run, I basically, it was quite funny because it was me following a police car, following the race car, following my girlfriend in the camper van. Cause it's a bit different out there. So okay. it was quite a, like, she's got a couple of bits of footage of like me at various points in the race. Um, and then it's quite funny because you see a, a race car, a police car, and then me come running behind it. Um, <laughs> but I put, I think I put a course record into the run, which gave me a big gap, but it was quite funny at the changeover point. Cause there were all these, there was a big crowd of people stood there waiting yep. and they're all sitting there thinking which flash bike I was going to get on. And I got <laughs> on the furthest bike away, which was this kid's bike which was well too small for me, was beaten up and everything like that. And they were all quite thinking, nah, surely he's not for real. And then obviously the other bonus was all the traffic coming the other way, which was being held up by a police car, was got to see a police car followed by me on a kid's mountain bike with a <laughs> saddle that was, the saddle which would, didn't stay up. And we had three gears. So I basically, I pretty much had enough of a gap on the run that I basically managed to some sort of hang on on the bike leg of it, <laughs> of which they're all pretty amazed when they come across the line with me on this tiny little bike. <laughs> Do you know, that is, honestly, I'm just sitting here giggling. I, I can't believe it. There must have been such a sight, you on that bike. And, you know, I, I guess I assume that I've, I've seen some of the bikes at these races. I assume some people had some, you know, really expensive bits of, of, of equipment there. Yeah, well, it's really tempting about the halfway point just to pick up somebody else's bike, I have to say. Yeah, when, yeah, when they've yeah. got these lovely racing bikes, you think, well... I reckon I could do a lot better on one of them, but no, it was, it was, <laughs> That's amazing. I'd, have, I'll, I'll have to send you a photo. I've got a couple of videos. You'd be quite interested to see it. Well, I'll tell you what, please send me that photo along with, along with it, with a couple of others of your favorites. And I will share them on this, uh, on this, on the posts when the show goes yeah. out, because that would be, that, that would be amazing. And yeah, that absolutely hilarious. I, I think that story is great, you know, and it just kind of, yeah, just just kind of brings it all down a level and kind of makes it all real, you know. And stories like that, are just I think, what make the sport great. It's hilarious. But yeah, yeah well, it's the, fun, isn't that? Yeah, brilliant. And and you obviously won the race. Did you did you get any prizes or anything? Um, 
Well, at that point, they had a uh, they have a trophy, but you it was they keep it in, oh, okay. in the their local area. So so your name's engraved on it, but like obviously they get to keep it. The main thing for us, as, as I did say to me and my God, bearing in mind that point, we've been traveling for quite a while and we really hadn't had that much food. There was yeah. so much food there that I've never seen like that in my life after any running event because wow. it was like a local village get together. So it was this hall full of food. So that was I was more chuffed with that than anything. Brilliant. Fill, fill your pockets, fill your bags, get, get yeah. all the things you can, <laughs> fill your stomachs. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely brilliant, Jack. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Now, listen, I've taken loads of your time already and uh, I know that there was so much more that we could have discussed and so, but this... I hope this kind of like, you know, hearing these stories and stuff has given everyone a, a kind of real idea as to what kind of runner you are. And obviously you're local to the area, which which makes it just fantastic. And I'm sure people will follow you. But on that point, where where can people follow you? Have you got any social media handles? And um, yeah, you're well, obviously on um, Strava and stuff as well. I'm on Strava. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. I've got a Twitter account as well. So uh, what, what's the want handle? To follow me. What's the handle there on your Instagram? Is it, is it just Jack Oates or? I think it's Jacko5253 because I think it's after my email if I'm correct. Okay, brilliant. All right, excellent. And obviously you're on Strava as well, so people can kind of go and see see what you're doing. And I'll tell you what, it's going to be really interesting following you because um, obviously you've got the South Downs Way 50 we mentioned at the beginning of the interview as well. So that with that coming Yeah, I'm hoping that, time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really wish you all the best for that. It's going to be um going to be very exciting to to kind of I'll I'll be on the Isle of Wight that weekend, so but I'll be watching the the results um, as you kind of go through Botolfs and uh, and the stations beyond. So brilliant. But listen, Jack, I always finish off these interviews with um uh, just some quick fire questions, just recovery run questions as I call them, uh, just to kind of get to know you a little bit more. But um, are you okay with me kind of asking you th- those quick ones before we end? Yeah, anything you want. Cool. Okay, so number one. Where is your favourite route in or around the Portsmouth area to run? Oh, um, I quite like, I do like the deviation line, but I like that there's some trails at the back of Portsdown Hill. I think uh, that's where I like the most. Okay, I'm going like to come, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna have to come with you on some of those because I never know where the trails are. I always run on the roads, which is a bit, bit dodgy. Uh, yeah, you got, there's a couple, I've seen where you run up, up the sort of, sort of Portsdown Hill. There's a couple a bit further along, which kind of, route up with that and they're they're some really good trails around here awesome awesome i'm gonna be i'm gonna be uh, getting in touch with you at some point to run those uh <laughs> if you could listen to any song while aiming for the finish line at the end of a race what would it be oh that's a oh that's a difficult question i know um, i know it's so hard i'm so sorry <laughs> um but when you get into the finish line yeah something 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 to help help get you get you over the line something something motivational or or like oh, shake it by metro station that's what i'd have to go for okay brilliant excellent can you recommend a good running uh book or sorry, running related book or, or film um for the listeners anything you've read or, or seen uh one of the best books is i um i got given it for my birthday once it's um it was like um it was it was like the top trail races it's it was it's quite it's got photos and everything with it i can't remember what it's called okay um but yeah that was it was like the um that's it running beyond running beyond okay epic ultra trail and sky running races that was that was yeah that's just really interesting to look at all the races around the world and everybody's bucket list ones there we go running beyond so uh, that one hasn't been mentioned before so so thanks for that that's great um do you have a favorite post-race meal Oh, and most foods. It's um, a meal. I can't really stomach things immediately, but it'd have to be fish and chips if I was going to eat one. Hey, cool. Again, I think that's the first time. First time for fish and chips um, as a post <laughs> so, so Excellent. 
Um, and and I guess uh, second second last question: uh, What shoes are you currently running in? Um, I've got a bright. I've got. I quite like the Saconian Dolphins. Yep. I've got Hoka's. I particularly like the Hoka Bondi's. Oh, um, oh my! I, I, I knew I was going to like you, Jack. Hoka Bondi's. <laughs> are, what a shoe! Um, I think I, I think they're really mine. nice. They're so good. They they just provide so much cushioning, don't they? They're just really really comfortable. And it's it's crazy how light the shoe is for how much um, stack they've got underneath them. Uh, amazing. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, okay. I do like the speed goats for trails. Um, okay. And what else? I quite like a bit of Brooks Adrenaline. I don't mind them. I think they're quite good for a bit of stability and stuff. Okay. I, I haven't run in a pair of Brooks for like four or five years, obviously now. But um, yeah, brilliant. Excellent. Thanks for that. Um, and finally, do you want to add anything uh, about the running kind of community in the south of England or the running community down south in Portsmouth just to kind of finish off with? Any, anything about running you want to you kind of just mention before we, we close off? I don't know. I, just, I think it's. I think trail running's more overlooked down here. That's the only thing I think. I think it's getting bigger. I mm-hmm. think it's. It doesn't quite get the. Like everybody's more keyed towards the road, but I think the trail mm-hmm. is sort of. It is becoming more popular. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, Jack, listen, thank you for taking the time to come on and, and chat and kind of share your story and stuff. Um, and I think it's just again, I'm going to say it again the manner in which you've kind of broken into the running world here is like, like pretty amazing, especially you've, all the achievements you've made over the such a short space of time and stuff. And I think it's going to be super exciting to kind of follow you on Strava and, and see kind of where the running takes you and stuff. And I wish you all the best for um, your, your business kind of exploits that you kind of get up to over the next couple of years as well. Cause I will we'll, we'll be keeping track of that on social media. Um, Jack, thanks again, all the best and take care. Yeah. Thanks very much.